Let's pray. Father, for all these mercies given to us one day at a time, in Bill and Becky's lives, for decades of faith and faithfulness, just one day at a time, mercy and grace. Lord, we give you thanks. Thank you, Lord, for giving gifts to the church and that these two are numbered among them, that we hold them in high honor, great respect, and with profound gratitude. Would you please bless them, their family, all those whose lives they touch. May there be an anointing upon them so that there would be more and more eternal fruit and reward to your praise, to your honor, to your glory. Father, we thank you. And Father, we anticipate many more great things to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We want to just take a moment now to greet our first-time visitors. If you are a first-time visitor with us, if you wouldn't mind just raising your hand. Church, let's just welcome our visitors with our applause. If you, if you just hold your hand up, our ushers have a welcome pack. They want to get into your hands. Just keep your hand raised. We have a welcome pack. We want to get into your hands. And if you wouldn't mind just taking a moment to fill that out and then just drop in the offering box on your way out, we'd greatly appreciate that. Um, and just as a reminder, there are three different ways to give. You can find details in that in, um, in your bulletin. And before we pray for the offering, just a couple important announcements that I will briefly highlight. Both have to do with our missions partner, Amnion Pregnancy Center, which now has locations in Drexel Hill and Norristown. Uh, we partner with Amnion because we're a pro-life church. We believe in the sanctity and dignity of all human life, including the unborn. And first, Amnion is providing training to equip church members to care for and serve anyone in our community who faces unplanned pregnancy. You can learn more and register for this free first responder training in our bulletin. It's called Making Life Disciples. Second, the annual Amnion Walk for Life is Saturday, April 30th. We've done this with our kids for a number of years, and it's an important fundraiser that allows Amnion to provide free and confidential services in the name of Christ to families in our area facing unplanned pregnancy. To register or to give, check out the details in the bulletin. And one final reminder, uh, March 31st is the deadline for early registration for our Life Together Conference with all the other regional churches in this area uh, in, of the Sovereign Grace Northeast region. You can register, for, uh, check out the details in the bulletin. Parents can now dismiss uh, children to Promise Kingdom. If you haven't registered, you can do so uh, upstairs. And I'm going to now take a moment to pray. Father, our hearts are just filled with joy and gratitude as we consider all the things that you have done. Lord, the, the, the fact that you are building your church, Lord Jesus, you are adding to this church body. You are raising up faithful leaders. Thank you for our brother, Bill. Thank you for his ministry. 
And we pray, God, that you would help us as a church, as you have given us so much, Lord. What do we have that we did not receive, Lord? We cannot receive even one thing unless it comes down from heaven. So, Lord, all that we have, all that we are, Lord, we want to offer back up to you. Lord, may we offer up our lives as a living sacrifice through our time, our service, our gifts, and also our money. Help us to be faithful stewards of all that you've entrusted to us, and help us as a church to be faithful in making disciples of all nations, beginning right here in Delaware County. In Jesus' name, amen. opening God's Word together. I want, I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, where I will be reading, beginning in verse 28, down through verse 32. Acts chapter 20, I'm going to be breaking into an extended farewell address that begins back in verse 17, where Paul addresses, he's talking to elders or pastors in the local organized churches that are in Ephesus. And in this message, Paul reminds these pastors of how he had served them and had served their church and of how they should serve that church. So having described at length his ministry among them, he offers them, beginning in verse 28, a very strict and sobering charge. Verse 28, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God. And to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. This is God's word to us. Father in heaven, would you please speak to us through this word so that each of us will hear what is needed in this moment, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you may be wondering why I am preaching this particular text and message today. In part, it's because, well, we welcomed new members into the church today, and it's good that they know, and it's good that everyone be reminded of what God charges us as pastors to do. What is our task? What is our job? And Why did it matter, or should it matter, to all of us? You know by now, most of you, if not 
all of you, well, most of you, we have a number of guests here uh, who wouldn't know this, but most of you know that we are strongly considering two men uh, to be ordained as pastor elders among us, Dave Esternell and Rob Erius. And these will become equal in authority and uh, in work among us here as a, a flock, as a church. And we want to make sure that we all are aware of what this means and what is involved in this. Verse 28 gives to us as pastors, and might I say, in a certain way, gives to all of us a charge. Verse 28, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Pay careful attention to care for the church of God. Be careful to care. Be careful to care. And in verse 31, he goes on to say, and be alert. Be careful to care and be alert. Now, as I look at this text as a pastor, I would have the question, okay, Paul, what do you mean by being careful and being alert, and I would learn from the context what he means by it, because the verses before and the verses after show to us how he, as a pastor, was careful to care for the flock. You can review it on your own going back to verse 17, but in a kind of rapid-fire kind of, of overview, this is what Paul did. He lived among the Lord's people, verse 18. He was not distant and removed. He served with humility, verse 19. He served with tears, verse 19. He served through trials, verse 19. He taught everything that was profitable and needful for them, verse 20. He taught in small groups, house to house. He called people to repentance from sin and faith in Christ, verse 21. He was willing to suffer even at the cost of his own life, verses 23 and 24. He declared the whole counsel of God. In other words, everything that was in God's Word, he declared it for their good. He admonished and warned them day and night. He refused to be a lover of money and instead was giving generously to the very ones that he was serving. All of this is going on in Acts chapter 20. And in the middle of that, he says, now you elders, you pastors, and brothers, Brothers and sisters, to a certain degree, this applies to all of us. All of us. Be careful to care for the church. Be careful to care. We all have different roles. We all have different giftings. We all have different offices and opportunities. But we should all have this in common, that we are careful to care for the church of our Savior. 
And in this context, Paul gives us four reasons why we should be careful to care. Reason number one, I'll give you these quickly and then go back and touch on them. Because the church is very precious to God. Because the church has been entrusted to us. Because the church is always in danger. And because there is a coming reward. Reason number one. Why should we be careful to care for the church? Reason number one. Because the church is very precious to God. How do I know the church is very precious to God? Look at verse 28. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which He obtained with His own blood. The Lord is saying to us here that we are to be careful to care for the church because the church is so precious so valued to God that He obtained it. He bought it. He purchased it. He ransomed it with His own blood. How valuable are you, child of God? How valuable are you to God? So valuable. That He became one of us and poured out His blood in atonement for your sins and mine so that we wouldn't have to pay the debt that we owed. That's how precious you are. I didn't say how worthy are you. If you want to talk worthiness, that's a whole other conversation. But I'm talking about how valuable you are. How cherished you are. How loved you are. You and I were born in sin. We were born under the wrath of God. Ephesians 2. We were children of wrath. Just like everybody else. We had a sin debt we could not pay. We were enslaved to sin and Satan. We were held captive to evil. And unable to redeem ourselves or buy ourselves out of that slavery. We were in bondage. But God commend and demonstrated His love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is, this is why we should be careful to care. Because the church is very precious to God. Look, you and I, we get something new that maybe we, maybe it's a new car or a new house or, I don't know, a new anything that we paid a little bit of extra money for. Uh, and we value it and we treasure it. And we want the people around us to do that too, right? Please take care of this. I paid a lot for it. Jesus says to us, please take care of the church. I paid a lot for her. I paid a lot for her. She's precious. To me. Reason one why we must be careful to care is that the church is very precious to God. Reason number two is because the church has been entrusted to us. 
entrusted to us. Look at verse 28 again. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. So Paul says to these pastors, you have a specific flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you or appointed you or seated you as overseers and pastors. In other words, the Holy Spirit has matched up the pastors with the congregation and the congregation with the pastors. They, they are together by divine appointment, by the Holy Spirit's choice. Which means that there is a defined spirit produced, as Alex said earlier. There is a membership to Risen Hope Church for which I and Alex and Rick have been appointed as overseers. It is our task to watch over this flock. It is not our task to watch over the flock that's in Germany right now, or in New Zealand right now, or in Zambia right now. I have no responsibility for them, but I have great responsibility for you, as do the other pastors. In Titus 1, we read that overseers or pastors are God's stewards of the church. A steward is somebody who has been entrusted with the care and oversight of that which belongs to another person. The church belongs to Jesus Christ. But He has appointed stewards and overseers in the church. So that over in 1 Peter 5, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge but being examples to the flock. That phrase, in your charge, means those who have been allotted to you. Those who have been portioned out to you to take care of that number and those people assigned to you by the Holy Spirit. I think of it like this. Imagine that you have a fourth grader in your home and you're child's fourth grade class is getting ready to take a, a field trip to the zoo and there's I don't know 40 kids in this class and the poor teacher of this class wants help and so parents are asked to come and those parents are allotted five children each to watch over to care for to guard our Lord has what we call the universal church, the church everywhere, all over the world. Every genuine believer who has ever lived, now lives, or ever will live is part of the universal church of our Lord Jesus Christ. But He has allotted to us a portion. And this portion is that which has been allotted to the pastors here, but in another sense to all of us here. This is our charge. We are to be careful 
to care because we've been entrusted to each other. We have, as pastors, the day coming when Hebrews says, we will give an account. Sometimes I meet young guys who aspire to ministry and they're all eager and all excited and say, yeah, I want to do this. It's going to be cool. And I think, man, you have no idea. (laughs) You have no idea. Those who lead the church will be called to account for how they have led. I will give we will give an account for how we have shepherded you on that day. That's not something you ought to feel all sentimental and warm and fuzzy about. It's something that ought to make us tremble and yet feel an awesome privilege in. Brothers, sisters, um, we are entrusted to your care. You are entrusted to ours. We all are entrusted to each other's care. Why? Why should we be careful to care for the church? Because the church is very precious to God and because the church has been entrusted to us. And then third, because the church is always in danger. It is always in danger. Did you notice verse 29? Paul writes, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert. The the church is always in danger. There are fierce wolves everywhere. I'm here to tell you that this is probably the most thankless and unpopular part of being a pastor. Guarding and warning and admonishing and protecting the church from fierce wolves. There are people everywhere around us. There are people that are flooding the airwaves. There are people who go viral every day who are out to devour those who know and love the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are to guard each other. We are to be careful to care because the church is always in danger. There are always new voices denying what the Bible says about Jesus, that He and He alone is Lord. There are always new voices denying that our Lord Jesus is the one and only way to the Father. There, is, there are always new voices denying that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, because of Christ alone. There are always new voices saying, no, you don't need a sin atonement. You don't need Jesus. Just be good. There are always those who are denying what the Bible says about hell, about sin, about gender, about sexuality, about greed and lust and anger and love of violence and pride and all these other things. There are always wolves everywhere. And it's our task as pastors to be guarding 
the flock. To be watching over you. We're looking forward as your pastors to uh, April. Uh, We're looking forward to everything between now and April, in case you weren't aware. There's some really amazing stuff that happens between now and April, like Good Friday, Resurrection Day, okay? Uh, Not wanting to skip April this this year. Uh, But in April, we're starting a series of messages through the book of Genesis, and we're going to spend a lot of time in the early chapters of Genesis. You know why? Because Genesis is given to us to declare God's view of everything. A Christian worldview, a view of the world through God's eyes. And believe me, a Christian worldview, a biblical worldview, a God-centered worldview is very unpopular in our days. But we are doing this because we know there are wolves everywhere. Wolves everywhere. Who are trying to snatch sheep away from Christ. And we are told that we must be careful to care. Why? Because the church is very precious to God. Because the church has been entrusted to us. And because the church is always in danger. And finally... Because there is a coming reward. We should be careful to care for the church. Because there is a coming reward. Look at verse 32. And now I commend commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give to you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. There is an inheritance an eternal reward awaiting us. Peter says the same thing in 1 Peter. When the chief shepherd appears. When the chief shepherd appears. Those of us who are pastors are under shepherds. We are not the chief shepherd. There is only one chief shepherd. He is the good shepherd who gave his life for the sheep. And when the chief shepherd appears and he is going to appear he is going to return there is still another chapter or two or ten or ten million coming when the chief shepherd appears he's going to appear we're going to see him we're going to see him when he appears you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Isn't that amazing? Last week, you all so kindly expressed honor and encouragement for Galen and me as we completed 40 years in ministry. And it was a great encouragement. Thank you, everybody. I hope you will not be offended when I say that as nice and appreciated and encouraging as that was, the reward I'm really looking forward to is still coming. Still coming. If we do church, For convenience, we will soon quit. 
if we do church for what we get out of it, we will soon be disappointed. If we do church for the money or for fame or for popularity, it will not last. If we do it for the numbers, if we do it for the prestige, if we do it for the perks, there will be no endurance in the work. So what do we do it for? Why be careful to care? Whether you're a pastor or whether you're an eight-year-old child sitting here wondering what part you have in this, whoever you are, why be careful to care? Because the day is coming when the one voice that matters will say, well done, good and faithful servant. I live for that. I long for that. I plead for daily grace that it can be said of me on that day, Tim, you did well. And I pray that the same will be said over all of us. You did well. I entrusted some small portion of my church to your care in a community group, in Promise Kingdom ministry to the little ones, in evangelism, in fellowship, in care, in ministry. I entrusted one or two or ten or a hundred to you, and you did well. You did well. My friends, this is why we must be careful to care. Because the church is very precious to God. Because the church has been entrusted to us. Because the church is always in danger. And because there is a coming reward. So let us be faithful. Let us be faithful. Whether we're just beginning the journey or whether we have been long on this journey. Let us not be weary in doing good. For in due season we will reap if we faint not. Hallelujah indeed. What an amazing thing, isn't it? That God saves us. God then gifts us. God then pours His Spirit into us to empower those gifts. God produces fruit from the gifts and ministries that we have. And then on that day, He turns to us and says, well done. What amazing grace is that? He tells us what to do, gives us the grace to do it, and then rewards us for doing it. Let's all be at each other's side on that day. Eh? Let's all be at each other's side. Let's be faithful. And until that day, let's be at each other's side. Um, join hands and hearts to do the great work of the gospel. Because the church is precious. Very precious.
to him. If you're not a part of the church by faith in Jesus, I want to invite you into that faith. And I want to invite you into relationship with Christ. He alone has died for our sins. He alone is raised from the dead and living today as, as King and Savior. And He invites you every day. Come to me. Come to me. And I will give you rest and I'll give you forgiveness and I'll give you eternal life and I'll give you Myself. If you've never trusted Christ, don't leave here today without having prayed that He would indeed come into your life change you from the inside out so that you can stand among the people of God on that final day with great joy. Let's pray. Thank you, O Lord, for being with us throughout this morning. Thank you for your faithfulness. We sang that to begin with, great is thy faithfulness. We have seen that as men and women have been added to your church, something you've been doing for thousands of years in your faithfulness, you continue to do it. We have seen your faithfulness in providing for our needs through offering and tithe. We have seen your faithfulness in the lives of Bill and Becky. We've seen your faithfulness in giving us your word that is still alive and powerful today. What a faithful God you are. And now, O Lord, faithful Father, beloved Lord Jesus, wonderful, comforting Holy Spirit, we, we now entrust ourselves to your care as we Leave this place. May it be that you will go with us and watch over us and guard us and keep us both from physical danger and from the wolves that would devour. Watch over your flock, Lord Jesus. You have obtained them with your blood. We entrust ourselves to your care and ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, thank you for coming today. Trust that it has been a blessing to you. Trust even more that it has been an honor to God and to his son, the Lord Jesus. God bless you and keep you as, until we meet again. Amen. Amen.